Dating Skills Review The Central Source for Dating Advice for Men presents Dating Groove Insider. Hey, this is Angel Donovan from Dating Skills Review, and today we have Christian Hudson from The Social Man with us. Hey, Angel. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Great to have you here. Okay, well, Christian, just to start off with, uh, I want to like uh, give a you know quick overview of who you are and you know where you've come from, so our users get an idea of you know what your specific take on on dating advice and, and social advice is. Yeah, sure. Well, um, it's it's a long story, and we'll try to keep it real tight here, um, because I find that the only people who really like hearing biographies are typically the people telling them. But uh, so you know. <laughs> Essentially, I, uh, I stumbled into this whole industry. I was back in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I met a guy who um, would go on to write a chapter in the book called The Game, which I think we're all familiar with. And um, he asked me to be his business manager. So I thought, oh, it'd be fun, and I didn't really know too much about the whole you know, pickup artist industry. There, there really wasn't one at the time. And two years later, uh, the company that we built was, um, you know, by volume, we were doing more pickup boot camps than anybody in the world. This was in like 2006. And so <laughs> it was like, it was very interesting just to go from not knowing this at all and, and that kind of not being a guru to all of a sudden having something of a name. And then he and I broke off in 06. Um, I left it for a little bit, but I really love doing this stuff. And I think that myself and the group of guys who we work with, have a pretty cool, unique perspective on it. Um, we're all just kind of cool, normal guys, we'd like to think, and uh, not so much pickup artists as guys who just love women and have a lot of women in our lives. And so that's what we want to share with other people is the benefit of our wisdom and our experiences and um, all, the, all the fun times we like to have. I guess that's the short version. <laughs> um, the long version we can, we can save for, for some other time. How about that? That sounds great. So, right. um, you know, your your take on on the whole dating advice area is a bit more broader. Uh, it it looks a bit more at uh, a single guy's social life and and improving mm -hmm. it. Can you can you talk a bit about like that, like you know what 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 can you do with guys to make their single life better apart from like the pure dating advice? Sure. Well. I think that it, it's it's more about um, how a guy thinks about it than it is about. Um, the specifics of it, because, for example, one of the guys I work with, uh, this guy Race, he is amazing, and he is so good with girls, and he's really fun, um, and his lifestyle and my lifestyle are very different. Like, I'm currently in, um, I, like, I don't go out much these days. Um, I haven't been, you know, socializing a whole lot um, outside of work and a few of the people who I'm very close to. Um, so I think it kind of depends on what a guy's personal priorities are. And that's the place that we want to start, is figuring out where somebody is and what they want to accomplish and what's important to them. And, um, you know, that really comes down to, okay, well, you know, where has he been and what are his values and, and all that. There's, so, so, you know, my, my point is that um, there's been times in my life when I've been in a very, very social state and going out and partying a lot and if a guy is interested in accomplishing that and feels like he needs to live that extroverted, crazy life, or even just have a lot of girls in it, 
um, that's something that you know we certainly want to be able to help him uh, achieve um, with both advice and also um, you know just the general encouragement and, and, and uh, you know whatever we can. But if he's looking for the one, um, then that's something that is also you know very achievable and. I think that a lot of guys, um, when they're looking at this industry, uh, unfortunately, the things that they see are kind of the, you know, like I, I just turned 30. What a lot of guys see are, you know, guys in their 20s who are partiers who are trying to teach other people how to be partiers. And um, at a certain point, <laughs> I don't know when, I just realized that uh, people's needs are a little broader than that. So, yeah, I mean, and I'll tell you the, the other thing that kind of, you know, underlies a lot of what we teach, and this came right from my own life. Was a few years ago, um, you know, I was I was going through this whole party scene, and I was dating a lot of like model girls, and you know, going to clubs and, and doing the whole dancing on table thing. And the few relationships that I got in, though, um, after about three to six months, the girls kind of saw that I was not um, stable. And, and not emotionally, but like, you know, not stable in my life and, and wouldn't be um, sort of a good long-term candidate for them. So what we really want to encourage, I mean, throughout everything that we teach is the notion of developing yourself into an awe-inspiring man, whether it be in terms of your, your own social skills when you first meet somebody or, you know, just the way you live your life, being able to take responsibility for yourself, responsibility for the people around you. Um, that's, you know, that's stuff that keeps the girls around and not necessarily just attract them. I know that a lot of guys come into this looking for the attractive material, but um, some of the, them get so hung up on that that uh, you know they forget to forget to keep their lives together and forget to be men who you know can take care of these women on an ongoing basis. So it's a very broad answer, um, but I I think that if I could all sum it up really briefly, it's just we want to help guys be really awesome. Um, we want to help them have a lot of fun. And most importantly, we want to help them, you know, connect with women who are good for them and not just women who, um, you know, might be a fit for some other guy who's their coach or, you know, who's a friend of theirs or what have you. Okay, let, let's put this into a bit more concrete perspective. You know, when, when you have some clients, what, do you, what is the typical advice, you know, some of the, the first things you're going to tell them that are the most important that they should start working on fixing? Um, to improve their, their lives. Sure, sure. Well, um, it, again, it depends on what the client's situation is um, and you know, where he's coming in from. Uh, there's never, I, and I, I hate to punt on this one, but there's never a one-size-fits-all. Um, we're very, you know, we're very kind of focused on like one guy at a time. Um, I'll give you some examples of some recent people who we worked with and just some of the diversity of some of the advice that we gave. Um, and if a guy's coming into this, I would just, first of all, I mean, for anybody listening to this, if they're coming in, if they're sort of new, I would just say that, um, you know, the important thing is to consistently be going out there, consistently be meeting new people, figuring out what's important to you, and developing uh, support infrastructure of um, whether it be coaches or friends or, um, you know, people on a forum who uh, you connect with and who help you advance to, you know, the next level, whatever that may be. Um, now, in terms of the specifics of what we might work with a guy on, um, the last um, infield skills weekend that we ran um, where we had some guys coming in, we had a 38-year-old um, neurosurgeon and a 25, I think, 25-year-old um, 
uh, he was like a programmer, and another guy who was in his late 20s. And the advice was all very individualized. The, the neurosurgeon guy, um, he was really stiff, like incredibly stiff. So what we were working on very extensively was body language. Um, and he had this little head tick where when he was talking to people, he would like bob it up and down very nervously. And even though, like this, you know, this is a great guy. He's, you know, got money. He's uh, not a bad-looking guy at all. Um, he's actually very easy to talk to once you get him in a place where he's not nervous. And it was just that initial impression he was making, and a lot of it was in his body language. So we were working on that a lot. Um, the, the, on, on the flip side of that, the younger guy, the, the 24, 25-year-old, the programmer, he, um, his body language is okay, but he just stumbled all over his words. And so it's funny, we were trying a couple different exercises, and the exercise we ended up doing, and I, I crack up at this, we have a female coach named Jody. She's like the whitest white girl you could imagine. But um, we've got this exercise where we have the client talk real gangster, like, like just walk up and like repping and like, you know, throwing his arms around and like just really acting like a G, an OG. And she kind of throws it back at him. And it's just a way to get him out of his shell. Right? So it's a way to get him flowing and out of his head and not thinking about it. So this is an exercise he's doing in a classroom setting. And that one thing right there, it got him, under, it got him into the emotional state and sort of the, the conversational state that he needed to be in to pull those walls down and to just be himself and to be fun. And he had a great personality behind all of those walls. So, you know, he wasn't obviously taking that OG vibe out into, out into the bars when we were out later, but being able to remind himself of that and just kind of flow into that was very important for him. So, uh, again, long answer to, to the question, but it's just because every guy who we work with comes in with a different, uh, kind of comes in with a different need, and, you know, the, the prescription for that is going to be based on you know, where they are and specifically what it's looking like they're going to need. Great, great, thanks. There's a couple of things uh, you brought up there that I wanted to touch on. First of all, you talked about support infrastructure. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, for guys who, you know, can't, aren't really sure of what that is, you know, I'm assuming you're talking about <laughs> social support infrastructure here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah, how, how, how does that help with women? And how does that help with the rest of your life to develop it? And you know, how how do you build a support infrastructure like that? Mm. Well, that's a great question. Um, I think the important thing is to it, it's it's weird. I just came up with the right answer for this like about two weeks ago on um, another interview I was doing because really what you're talking about is building a group of friends who um, are going to support you in your goals. And the thing that I realized is. Um, that a lot of that has to do with your values and what you bring to the table. Um, so if you're like kind of a cool guy and or you just um, are a good guy or you are a guy who really likes girls, you're going to naturally start to connect with other people who are in that same, you know, category. If you look on Facebook, like, you know, I've, I've got my, like, um, I've got some friends on Facebook who are really into, like, pickup. And they're always commenting on each other's walls and like their friends. I know that like that friendship has started to bridge into the real world. Um, so you know that's it, it. All comes down to really like what your values are, and that's going to determine the type of people you attract. Um, believe it or not, and this is uh, I think this is the first time I ever like kind of come out on record and said this. 
um, I'm like really heavily rediscovering um, my faith, um, and, and I won't talk too extensively about that. But but in the last um, six months to a year, I've been discovering my faith again, and I've been reconnecting with people um, who share my faith, and that happened accidentally. It wasn't something that I was like, oh, okay, now is time for God in my life, and so I'm going to, you know, go out and find these people. It was more like this is something that's starting to develop, and so a lot of the um, people who I was partying with a long time ago who are still really in that scene, um, you know, their values and my values started to drift apart, and that's, um, you know, just kind of naturally, and I started to gradually connect with other people who were in the same place that I was. Um, so it all really starts with, you know, what do you want and, uh, wh you know, where, where are you in life? And, um, you know, I think that <laughs> that's, that's a hard thing to prescribe a guy um, because he's saying, well, okay, that's fine. I, I want to go out and I want to meet friends or I want to connect with people. But it all really starts, I, I got to say, with like knowing who you are and, and, and what you want out of life and then it's going to start to flow from there. In terms of actually doing it, and if a guy is you know, not so interested in um, you know, discovering the spirit that dwells within, but in uh, you know, meeting a lot of women and, you know, and really building out that part of his social life, um, it, a lot of it, I think, has to do with just going out and you know, certainly finding layer groups. I mean, that's like a great way for guys to connect with each other. Um, it can take a lot of sifting. I know that when you go through those layer groups, um, and, and just meetup groups. Like here in New York, we have a ton of meetup groups for um, you know guys who are looking to go out and meet wingmen and meet friends. It can take a lot of time, um, but you can. Another place that I always tell guys to meet guys at the gym, um, you know, because not only are you getting into the gym, you're getting fit, you're in shape, you're, you know, as long as it's not with like the gym rat who's in there every day who's like on steroids, um, you know, if you go in there like you ask somebody for a spot, you get to know them a little bit. Um, that's a great place to meet other guys. And, uh, you know, the, the one other thing is meeting uh, girls online. We're getting close to rolling out a program about meeting girls online. I mean, if the guys have, like, I'm just thinking if I'm trying to give some usable, you know, thoughts here. If a guy is, does not have a lot of girls in his life right now and he's not in college or some other place where it's, like, really easy to have a social life, um, the, the easiest way that I've found to drop into a new city or just change your situation is, go on to a free dating site like OkCupid or Plenty of Fish and just like start messaging girls. And I've actually made a lot of friends. Um, I, I've been doing online dating um, because the guy who I raced, who I mentioned earlier, he's, he's building this whole system that I, I mentioned and so I wanted to see what the whole thing was about. So I've been doing it like, you know, I've had a girlfriend for a while. Uh, I kind of told her I was doing this going in. Um, but... Um, but I've met a ton of cool girls down there and like a ton of really um, great new friends. So that can be a great, really easy way to meet girls. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, again, there's, there's a lot more we could say about this, but just to summarize, you know, it all starts with your values and what do you want. Trying to find guys who are in a similar place in life and two great places for that are meetup groups slash layers and, uh, you know, the gym. And then if you want to meet girls, and you're not doing it to your social circle already, I'd say you know, have, go online and you know, see what you can find. Great, great. Um, like, seeing the things you brought up, your faith, I, I'm assuming you're talking about Christianity here. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Right. Um, yeah, just quickly on that, because I guess it's a, it's a topic that some guys might be curious about if they have hmm. faith. Is, is any of his dating advice 
stuff incompatible with that? Is there anything you've had to kind of like throw away or change? Or oh, well. It's all kind of appropriate. <laughs> you know, I, I really struggle with that. I was, I was talking uh, <laughs> because like I look at like you know, when I look at our marketing, for example, I, I look at the some of the imagery we use, and I'm like, okay, well, I know that like there's certain people who would look at that and find it suggestive. Um, in terms of the actual like, dude, it's hard to say because uh, like, and I've talked with I've talked with friends about this about the whole like sex before marriage thing, and um, you know, it, it, I certainly have, <laughs> but uh, but. You know, I, I talked with a friend about this who's um, who's more advanced in his faith than I am. And uh, one of the things that he sh I, I asked him about this, I was like, well, how do you feel about having sex before marriage? And he said, well, you know, the way I look at it is it's like my it, it's like my father has asked me to do something, and and I know that I'm disobeying him, and I feel bad about it, and it creates a risk between us. Um, so that's one of the biggies. Um, I'm still sort of wrestling with that, to be honest with you. Um, b b you know, but I'll tell you this: like I've been through plenty of um, plenty of meaningless. Uh, uh, just I'll just put it out there: I've been, had, had plenty of meaningless sex with uh, you know girls who I wasn't having fun with. And here's the thing: like I know some people who really enjoy that, um, and it's. It's hard for me to judge them for enjoying that because it's it's so much a part of who they are, and it's not what I want for myself. But um, for people who really enjoy that, that's you know that's I, I, I'm not going to get in their way. Um, <laughs> I've got other fish to fry. But um, you know, I think that I think that personally, where this started to matter for me was. Um, you know, frankly, I wanted to have a relationship with somebody who um, that would have a little bit more depth, and this is something that has been important in my life for a long time. And so I started to realize, hey, this is I've got to you know redevelop this. I I'm, again, I'm not trying to dodge the question, so to speak. I one day I'll have great answers about this. I hope, Angel. Yes. Um, but right now, um, I'm I'm still trying to understand it a little bit better myself. That's great. You know, I didn't want to put you on the spot too much there. No, um, fine, but, you know, fine. I'm sure it's something that you know guys in a similar similar situation might be thinking about. Um, yeah, well, but you know, you apart, apart from the sex thing, is there any you know is there is it like what I really wanted to get at? Is there any like dating advice? You know, things that you you, oh. you do and you taught that you've kind of like had a second thought about and said, actually, that that thing that you know I normally advise people to do, I'm not going to advise people to do that anymore. Because not too, not too much, uh, not too much. Um, you know, and and uh, the reason for that is, you know, and we 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 can't go into a, the whole curriculum here, but by Christian. Hello.
Hey, Angel. Hey there. Hey, I'm so sorry about that. Uh, the call just dropped. Um, I'm r really sorry. I'm sorry? It gets edited, so it's not going to... Okay, um, cool. I'm really so sorry where were we at? Uh, yeah, I asked you the You just asked me. Yeah, yeah, you just asked me, is there anything we can that, that I stop teaching? Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll just, I can, I can re-answer that. Um, I'll, I'll start at the top and I'll make it quick. Um, you know, not really, actually, um, because it's like we're, I don't know, man, like we're not really all about going out there and like slaying girls, um, you know, in the sense of like, like I got this buddy, he, he's had a lot of sex, and like the words he used, he'll be like, yeah, I slayed these girls, I took them down. And, um, you know, that's, again, that's never been kind of how we've come about this. We've always said like, okay, look, we're just going to teach you skills, we're going to help you find out what's important. And I think that that's the sort of client that we attract to. Um, I, I used to stress about this. I'd look at guys who were signing up for like Venusian arts programs um, or, or guys who studied with, with certain other gurus who were a little bit more hard-edged. And I'd stress, I was like, oh man, like, you know, we're not getting that client. And that client's like really enthusiastic about going out and hooking up with a lot of girls. So like that'd be a good enthusiastic client. But then I realized like that's just not, like those aren't guys who were as good at working with, you know, certainly we want to work with guys who want to improve their social lives and, and straight up, if a guy wants to go out and, you know, date a lot of girls I and mean, you look at our forums and you hear about some of the clients who come through our stuff, like there's guys who sleep with a lot of girls after doing our stuff. Um, I just really, I mean, ultimately, man, I want guys to be happy, to be able to connect with girls. Um, and so there's not a whole lot in our advice or in our curriculum that um, that I feel needs to be taken away. But again, you know, 10 years from now, I may like look back on this interview and be like, oh, geez, you know. Um, but but you just never know. I think that's the interesting thing about life is, is you know, you never know what direction it's going to take you. And, um, you know, I, I honestly, like, my job in this, at this point is not to be, like, a pastor or a minister, and I'm the farthest thing from that because I – still trying to figure this stuff out on my own. I'm, you know, we're here to help guys get better with girls and be happy with their single lives and their social lives. So, uh, you know, for now, that's what I want to stick with and focus on. Great. Right. So, all right, let's take a step back on this one. Um, like talking about support infrastructure again. So, you know, a guy goes out and he starts making a few friends um, and, you know, he starts meeting a few girls. So once, why should he be motivated to do that versus, say, going out and to bars and, and, and cold approaching or something like that? What, what do you think is important about that, and why would you encourage guys to, to take that approach? Sure. Well, I think, I think it's um, a little bit of both. And honestly, there are some guys who are going to be there, – there is a group of guys who are going to be great at going out to bars and just doing cold approaches. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying that they shouldn't do that anyway. Um, but I'm saying that in addition to that, they should have a group of people who are going to center them. Because, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's kind of like sales, right? When you're going out and you're just doing cold approaches, um, it's, it's a, a high rejection environment. And, you know, you can take the odds of rejection down from, you know, maybe a guy who's not good at all, he's getting rejected, you know, nine out of ten times. You can take that down to like, 
four, maybe three, depending on where you're going and, and how good you are and how well you're put together and, and a lot of factors you can work in your favor. But you're still, every time you step to the plate, you're facing the potential of rejection. And, you know, more importantly, it's just like, like, you know, how many people are you going to have in your life who are meaningful relationships and how many people are you going to have in your life who are like transient relationships? And I find that, um, you know, the meaningful relationships are the ones that we can always come back to. And those are what give us confidence. Those are what gives us, you know, value and a sense of who we are. And the more that we have a sense of who we are, the more confident we can be when we approach other people. It's like, if I've got five of my best friends with me and we're having a great time when we're out at the bar, I'm like so much more likely to carry that vibe over into the interaction I have with a girl who I see across from the bar than if, um, than if not. I mean, like to give you an example, uh, the girl who I'm dating right now, I met her, she, I, she was doing a photo shoot at my apartment. This girl is like stunning. She's like six foot, like absolutely dropped dead gorgeous. I would have been scared to hell if I had to meet her like through a cold approach. And I've met girls like this through cold approaches before, probably bumbled through it. But, um, but, but, you know, the fact that she was in my apartment, I was sitting around with like four of my friends. It was like a Sunday afternoon. We were getting brunch. We were all having fun. Just that whole, the fact that I was there with my friends, like in my environment, I had my people around me, like, you know, and then this person happened to step into it. I was, my vibe was probably, I would guess, just a lot more confident, and, and she, as she puts it, like, even a little cocky. Um, so that's not to say that you can't do it without your friends. All I'm saying is that, like, I feel like life is a great group activity, and it's not something to be done solo. And um, so when you've got good people around you, and when you've got people who remind you of who you are, it gives you so much more power. And I know there's, like, these diehard guys who are like, no, go out, cold approach, do it alone, be a man of steel. And, again, like, there are some people who are emotionally um, and maybe chemically wired for that. Um, but a vast majority of the clients who I know we've worked with, at least, they are they're, they're happier when they have friends and, and when everybody's supporting each other and, you know, when that's all clicking. So that's, I think that's why it's important. Does that answer your question? Yeah, and it was, it was, there's something I kind of think about often. Like I'll swing it by you and see, see yeah. if that kind of fits with what, what you think. You know, with respect to this kind of like building, building your support infrastructure or building your social connections, I, you know, I always think of it like to think a business example. It's the difference between an expense and an investment in an asset. Right. Mm -hmm. The asset it grows over time and right, exactly. adds value to your life and to other people, whereas the expense disappears and you've that money's gone and you're never going to get anything out of it next month or a year right. later. Right. Right. That's something exactly. you think about, or absolutely. Well, I, I just had this conversation with um, a buddy of mine um, who coincidentally is over at PUA training, and uh, which might I add is a great group of guys, really cool people. Um, but he and I were just talking about how, you know, the notion of cold approaching is, it's kind of like, you know, it's like you're starting over day after day after day. The, the danger in that, of course, is that you can, you can uh, get so comfortable that you do not push yourself. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of like the guy who, 
how can I put it? What you don't want to be is you don't want to become the guy who like puts fifty thousand dollars in the stock market and then sees it grow. You know, sorry, he pulls it out of the stock market, he puts it into like you know a two percent money market account, and then he sees it grow like gradually over the rest of his life. You want to you know take some risks. You want to put in some high risk stocks. You want to you know every now and then like you, you know you want to have your baseline, but you want to go out there and take some risks too until. You know, until you've invested in Google, which I guess would be getting married to the woman of your dreams. Um, but, but yeah, it's like you just can't let it, it – it goes both ways, right? You, you absolutely want to be investing in an appreciating asset, but at the same time you, wanna, um, you don't want to let that be an excuse not to take some risks. Because that's happened to me. I, I don't know if it's happened to you, but um, I know in my life there's been times that I've become very complacent and then – I realized it's been like if I'm out of a relationship. There was one time, man, I was out of a relationship for like six months, and I realized I had not cold approached one girl. I had a lot of friends. I was like talking to people, but I wasn't like talking to the girls I actually wanted to talk to. And <laughs> when I had to do it, I was like so scared. You know, I've been doing this for so long now, but I was so scared the first cold approach I did after all that time. So I think you just got to balance it out and remind yourself that hey, you know, take the risks if. Uh, if you haven't for a while, and, and if life's getting too boring. Yeah, of course. It, it's always easy to get, you know, um, kind of into a routine of your social life and get comfortable. And as soon as you get comfortable, you know, you feel like you don't have to make an effort. But you're really always missing out because there's, there's always opportunities to expand, make new connections. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, great. So, um, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about, which you kind of like talked about a little bit, um, but I know is kind of a big thing with you guys, because um, it was kind of the big focus and unbreakable, is really talking about emotions and emotional states. You know, I noticed you talked mm. about, you know, getting your clients into emotional states. And the one thing, you know, um, I remember quite clearly about unbreakable was that, you know, most of the program was focused on, you know, emotions, whether it be, you know, the guy or, or the girl. So could you, could you talk about a bit about the importance of, of that and, you know, kind of what it means to the way you've, you know, you've yeah. about doing things? That's really interesting you, you caught that um, because a lot of people, and obviously you're, like, wicked smart about this stuff, but honestly, like, some people don't catch that, um, that that's what the context of, of the program is about. So that's cool. Um, and in terms of why that's important, I mean, I just think, like, how can I put this? I, um, like, we, I, I'm going to try not to get too, like, philosophical, but I just feel like in our lives, we go through our lives, and we do all sorts of things to be happy, um, you know, from the clothes we buy to the, the programs we watch to all that. Like, we do them to have emotional experiences. And, um, you know, it's like people get jaded around emotional experiences because they, you know, they get hurt. Um, you get the girl who, like, like the, the saddest thing in the world is, like, the girl who's been going out to the club for, like, six years, and the first few times she went out, she was like, oh, this is amazing, you know, and then, like, six years later, she's just, like, jaded as hell because she hasn't met any cool guys. Um, like, you know, and that, that initial emotional experience she had that was really fun and exciting, like, she hasn't realized that she has to move on for it and, like, seek something new that's going to make her happy again. But uh, it's always, like, we're, we're just seeking happiness in our lives. And um, so, you know, there's kind of an emotional model um, that we like to think about when you're starting to get to know somebody that, um, you know, we don't want to be too rigid about it 
um, because certainly like, you can meet people in other ways. But the emotional model that we talked about on Unbreakable is like that you know you kind of go from like fun to flirty to like deep to intimate. Um, so you know when you start talking to somebody, it should be a fun conversation. It should just be you know lighthearted, um, you know a little bit of banter back and forth. Um, you know maybe you're just talking about you're just talking about something that is fun for you. And if you are in like a fun emotional place, then you know you can start to bring other people into that. It doesn't work all the time. Again, the, the bitchy club girl, um, if, if you just walk up to her and you're like a bubbling cauldron of gig giggliness, like she's going to tell you to you know, remove yourself. <laughs> um, but if you are having fun, nine times out of ten, you know, other people want to be a part of that. So um, you start having fun. Then you get a little flirty, and there's ways and techniques and, and mechanisms that you can start to flirt with people. Um, and that's kind of like fun, but it's interpersonal fun. It's like you and her having fun together and being witty together. Um, and that can last for a while. And then we like to say that you get deep with a person and that's kind of like, you know, that's what they might call deep rapport or, um, you know, connection building. And that's where you're really talking with each other about life and about experiences and you're being honest, you're opening up. Um, and then you get intimate, which is like, you know, uh, deep plus like sexual. And, um, you know, so that's when you escalate it. And when we came up with this model, um, I don't think it's the perfect model. Um, but then again, I don't think that there's any perfect model. Um, I, I just think it's, um, it's a good way to think about uh, approaching interactions and a pretty common way that two people come together. And if I'm feeling like, like I, and I, man, this happens all the time, like, because I'm a deep thinker. I'll go out after having read, like, you know, a book, and I'll be, like, in a deep emotional state because I'm, like, really into this book, and I'm, like, ah, oh, like, like, you know, this is so cool. Like, wh whatever, you know, maybe it's, um, maybe it's a philosophy book or whatever. Like, I'm in some emotional state that is not conducive to socializing. And so I have to almost reset a little bit. And, um, you know, I don't want to, it, it's not all about state. But I just want to remind myself, like, hey, like, have fun tonight. Like, lighten up, be lighthearted. You know, that's nobody's out to like, nobody's out at this bar to like hear about philosophy at this very moment. Um, they might be at some point when I get to know them, but but not right now. So that's how we start to think about it: is if we can start having good emotions with people, we can start having a good emotional exchange with people, um, then then that can guide us and that can guide our techniques and that can guide us closer to people. Um, it doesn't work 100% of the time, but it's, uh, you know, the, what I have found to be the, the sort of centering point around which all of my good interactions have happened is if I'm in a good emotional place, they all flow from there. Great. So we, uh, like, what you're saying basically is like fun is, you know, a fun state of you having fun um, is the easiest way to, you know, start talking and, and get someone else in that state. Is it kind of like you're leading? Like if, if you go and have the fun state, then the other person normally kind of like, and, and the girl's going to go along with that? Um, is, is that yeah, kind well, of how it works? Um, I mean, in, in my experience, certainly. Um, you know, and there's got to be, I mean, look, you've got to have the, the, the game, quote unquote, to back it up, or you've got to be able to, you know, to, to vibe with that. Um, but 
I just think from for most guys, right, like like I would never tell a guy who's just getting started, like, hey, go approach the two hardest girls in the bar who have their back turned to everybody who are really attractive and who've been rejecting everybody all night. Like I wouldn't tell him go approach them and be fun. Like that you know, pretty bad advice. But I tell most guys who are trying to get better at this stuff, um, if you bring a fun emotional state out with you and if you're enjoying yourself, um, then other people want to be a part of that. And, you know, the, we, we have these goofy little terms for things. We have something called the bro circle. And it, it never fails. Nick always does this when he's running our events. He'll get, like, three guys together, and they'll bro up. And they'll just stand there in the bar, like, make, making eye contact with no one else except each other and, like, having the time of their lives. And sometimes they'll even joke. They'll be like, oh, we're in a bro circle right now. Like, you know, if we start walking somewhere, we'll turn into a bro caravan. And it's... It's goofy terminology, but the point is that they're having fun with each other, and magically, girls appear. They see these guys having fun, and they start to appear, and then great things happen. And it may not be, like, the hottest girls who appear there. Um, you know, it may not be that those two girls who are sitting in the corner, like, just, you know, taking guys down. But women will appear near the bro circle because they can see that, like, these guys are just they're talking to each other, they're having fun, they're laughing, they're telling jokes. They're toasting their beers, whatever, um, and women want to be a part of that. So they'll start to, I think in, in the word would mean proximity, and you know, it'll increase their proximity. And then from there, uh, you know, they'll usually just, we'll turn around, we'll open somebody, um, we'll get the eye contact, and then it's like it starts to roll from there. So now we've got some eye contact, we open the conversation up, you know, it can be as simple as a high. And these girls, they're like, you can tell, they want to have fun too. So. You just bring them into it, whether it be whatever you were just talking about, or you can compliment them. Um, but the point is you're projecting good emotions, and they're feeling that too. Now you start bringing them in. And, I mean, as it relates to, you know, intense pickup set management, um, you know, if you really want those two girls in the corner, the, the social proof you're going to get from having a good time and from having girls kind of attracted to you and from, um, you know, just enjoying yourself, is uh, that's huge. I mean, I know there's little tricks and hacks and whatnot that guys have come up with, like, to go talk to those girls. But, um, you know, in, again, in a general environment, for most guys, we want to just start with, you know, something as simple as what I described to you. And, uh, man, it works like a charm. Right, right, and it is kind of it is pretty straightforward. And then from there, you know, to make the jump from having fun with someone to start flirting is is, is the easiest route. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Um, well, absolutely. Like, I and I can give you, if you want, I can give you a very specific example of how I would do that. Yeah. Um, would do we have the time to? Great. Okay. Cool. So, um, this is actually a, a. There's no term for this technique except, I, I jokingly call it instant attraction. Um, because, you know, every technique needs a term. Um, okay, so here's how it goes, right? Is you're telling a story to a girl, and you say, um, you'll say, like, in this, I, I always hesitate to tell this because my story is really good. Most guys don't have a, um, not to brag, it's just I got drunk one night and came up, came out the other end with a really good story. Um, so, so basically, here's how it would go if I was talking to a girl. I'd be like, oh, man, like, like it's so so warm right now. This just reminds me of like my last tropical vacation. Um, and you know, or if it's cold outside, I'll be like, oh, it's so cold. Like I need to take a vacation somewhere warm in the tropics. She'll be like, yeah, I know. And 
I'm like, yeah, like, so where's, where's the last place you went? And she'll start telling me about the last tropical vacation she took, and then typically by reciprocity or maybe I'll bait it in. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like the last one I took. You know, I'm just trying to get her to ask me. I'll be like, well, um, the last one I took, you know, I just went to the Dominican with my parents, but the craziest one I took, so, you, you know, I'm just trying to skip past it and get to my story. The craziest one I took, though, I, um, I, I got drunk one Sunday night, and the next morning I ended up in Mexico. And the girl will be like, wait, what? And I'll be like, yeah, you know, and by the way, you notice what I'm doing here, like there's nuance, I'm like kind of, I'm not giving all the information right up front, I'm like, I got drunk, I ended up in Mexico, she's like, wait, what? And I'll tell the story a little more, I'll say, yeah, my friend Alice, she like just got us hammered at karaoke, 2.30 a.m., she's like, let's, like, let's go to Mexico right now, and we all went back, grabbed our passports, and bought our tickets, and, you know, and the story will go on a little bit, but um, based on her interest level and how her body language is, and then... And then I'll end the story. Now, here's the key point. And for anybody listening to this, um, I'll end the story by saying, yeah, it was one of the most spontaneous things I've ever done in my life. And she'll be like, yeah, yeah. When you end the story, you end it with the personality trait that drove it, right? So I'm like, oh, yeah, like it's spontaneous. So if you've got a story about being spontaneous or adventurous or just fun or whatever, um, that's a really good story to leave off the conversation with. And I'll say to her, I'll say, so what's, something really spontaneous that you've done in your life. And I never say what's the most. I just say what's something really um, because nobody can ever compete with that story. So I just want something. And I'll give you an example from this girl who I, um, uh, this is one that always stands out to me. She was like, yeah, I was at this concert in uh, New Jersey one time. And my friend and I were like, yeah, we really want laughter. And so we drove up to Boston. We just, like, left the concert. We drove up to Boston, and we got lobster. And, uh, and so we vibe off the story for a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, what kind of lobster? How is it prepared? Blah, 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 this and that. So I'm letting her open up. And this is, it's still kind of fun. Now here's when I'm starting to get flirty is I'm going to say, well, I'll tell you what. Here's what's going to happen. Is tonight we're going to get crazy drunk. I'm going to wake up in Mexico and we're going to go skin diving for lobsters and it's going to be like the wildest most spontaneous night of our life and we'll be the wildest most spontaneous couple that any of our friends know so essentially I'm taking her story and my story and putting them together into a future projection um, and you know creating a little adventure for both of us to have together and now that's when it gets flirty and she's going to be like oh that sounds so much fun and I'll be like okay look um, I'll get the shots as long as you get the tickets or, you know, you get the shots, I'll take care of the flight. Um, but we definitely need some shots right now, so what are you drinking? So, I mean, you know, and if, if you're not at a bar, you don't have to <laughs> do it with shots. But um, that's sort of the three-step process. So, again, just to summarize, you tell a story, end it with a personality trait, ask her something that she's done uh, that was driven by that personality trait, vibe off the story for a bit, and then... Um, end it by saying, uh, by doing a future projection and combining the two stories together so that you guys are the most spontaneous or playful or fun or dynamic couple in the world and, you know, you'll do amazing things. And, like, right within, you know, I, I'll, I've done that so many times now. It's almost, it's almost a routine except it's not, you know, it requires their input. And it requires a little bit of flexibility to not tell the Mexico story every time. But, uh... But I've done that so many times now, and immediately you do that future projection, like, bam, you're, you're off to the races, and you've got some great story to tell all your friends about this girl who you're going to Mexico with that night. 
So um, that's how you would take it from fun to flirty. That's like a very uh, easy transition once you once you practice it a few times. It's not that hard, but it's not something that like you know you got to consciously apply it. You, you can't just you know you can't just memorize it and go out there. You've got to consciously think to yourself, okay, I'm going to go through this transition. But guys who do that, like I, I know plenty of clients who are taught to do that, and like when they actually teach themselves to do it, um, they like it magic every time. Awesome. So you know, basically, you know, the, the flirting comes in when you're insinuating that, you know, you're both a couple and, you know, you right. together. And right. I can imagine some guys are going to think, well, that's kind of a risky thing to do. Um, but, you know, as you're saying, because it's already a fun vibe, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are 9 out of 10, she's just going to go along with it, you know. Cause yeah, exactly. Thing. So it's exactly. not really well, a risk. And, and yeah, and, and no, it's there. There, I've never had that. I've never had that go wrong. I mean, the only, the only time this is really funny, and I've done this so many times now. But the only time that like went wrong on me or whatever was this girl. I was demonstrating it for a client. He was like right there, and this girl was not like, like, she. How can I put this? I don't think she was used to getting that much male attention. And for whatever reason, I think that she, her bullshit uh, meter went up, and she was like, okay, right. this guy, she was like, this guy's gaming me." Um, so she, she, very smart girl. She goes, uh, she, "I was like, so what's something really spontaneous he's done?" She's like, "Okay, you want to hear something spontaneous?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." She goes, "Okay, I tell you what, we're about to leave this bar and go to the next one. If you are at the next bar, I will tell you a really spontaneous, fun story." But she wouldn't give it to me right off the bat. She w she wanted to make sure that I was going to bounce with her, and uh, yeah. and and I did not. But other than that, man, that that whole future projection thing, like if you're having fun with it, especially. And here's the key part is, you know, and and this is a challenge that a lot of guys who are newbies or whatever have. I'm sure. I don't know if you went through this phase. I sure as hell did. Is like when you're learning something like that, you're so in your head about getting to the outcome that you don't um, allow it to organically progress. You kind of force it along. And the, the challenge in that is you really have to let her tell her story at her own pace. And you have to let her open up. I mean, when, you know, that, the uh, version that I just told you, that lobster story ended up taking like 20 minutes. You know, from the time she started telling me, you know, we were at this concert, to the time I did the future projection thing, it was like 20 minutes of her just telling me about lobster and me talking about lobster DLTs and and we were talking about how lobster used to be considered like a um, it, like back in back in the day lobster was like a, a rodent of the sea. So you know we were like talking about all this stuff about lobster for 20 minutes and that's the biggest risk that a guy can have is like missing the opportunity to really vibe with the girl and just yeah. enjoy that part of the interaction. But you know that he can do that he'll. That's the hardest skill to learn, I think, is just getting out of your head and, you know, allowing it to, to be what it is. And then gently push it along when it needs to push. Right, right. And, you know, uh, for guys listening to this, I mean, I kind of notice you should, you should like, pay attention to how down-to-earth this kind of approach um, um, is. That's something I also noticed about Unbreakable. You know, you guys have made you know, a lot of effort to make uh, all your stuff a lot more down to earth than uh, some other guys who you know make it uh, I guess like more aggressive and you know um, 
a, a bit more out there compared to huh. like normal general conversations. But it, it kind of takes away from the importance of just like talking about lobsters for a while um, and taking that opportunity to develop the relationship. And that's yeah. like something that I think you guys yeah. do because you emphasize that down to earth approach. Oh. And you can just be normal, you know, for a while. Also, you don't always have to be <laughs> trying to attract someone. Right, right, right. And you know, that's that's whenever I get into trouble is when I try to attract somebody too much, too hard. But I pr I really appreciate that. I mean, we. And again, different guys have different attitudes. I, it's funny, my buddy Josh, um, Josh Pellissier, like brilliant guy, um, a year from now he's going to come out with a program about, um, I think he's going to call it Hacking Attraction. You've got to look at this when it comes out because he's like so smart and nobody knows about him. Um, I just sat in on a seminar he gave and he was talking about personality types. Um, and he, like, very accurately, like, personality typed me and a whole bunch of other people in the room. Um, and the point he made, and, and I, like, just so resonated with me. He was like, look, different personality types like different, they have different styles of interacting with people. And a lot of the pickup industry is about taking introverted guys and trying to make them extroverted. Um, and it's, you know, no matter how much, like one of two things happen in that environment. Either you get a guy who like shuts down and just runs away from it. <laughs> it's like, the hell with this, I can't do it. Or you get guys who like push so far to the extreme of extroversion that it's almost like, it's almost like an avoidance strategy of being introverted. And they don't want to like admit they're introverted. And so they became like really out there. Um, and then, you, but and then you have the natural extroverts who they just haven't ever had the skills, or maybe the friends, or what have you. And then, you know, they just come in and it starts clicking for them. But um, I think that it's important to, um, if my my whole attitude has been like, if something doesn't feel right for a long time, and you keep trying it and trying it and trying it, and it still doesn't feel right, then it's probably not right for you. And like I know for me, I no matter how many times I cold approach a girl. If I'm doing it because I feel like I, because I feel like I need to cold approach rather than just I'm in an environment I'm enjoying myself and I see somebody I want to talk to, like if I'm forcing myself to go out and surge, it feels wrong. And there's some people who love it, some people who don't. Um, so I think it's kind of all about, you know, finding environments and people who you connect with and what gives you your power. And uh, again, I, I really appreciate you saying we're down to earth. Um, you know, I know there's some guys who really connect with that, and there's others who are like, oh, I need more harder shit, or like, I I want like more extreme pick. I you know, I don't know. But um, but yeah, it's uh, sometimes I guess it's, you know it, it can be easier than you think it's going to be, right? It doesn't necessarily take anything amazing to uh, attract a girl and you know, start being in a relationship with her. Like no, just ab you absolutely. A few things absolutely, absolutely. I, every time I overthink it, like like right now, as we talk about this, I'm in a phase where I'm going back, and I'm actually reworking a fair amount of what's in Unbreakable, um, mm -hmm. and I'm putting together a whole, um, I like, like the way I look at Unbreakable is, and I hate to use this term because it's been used before by another product, but I like to think of it as kind of a blueprint for being an attractive guy. Um, and then there's skills behind that, like conversation skills and vibing and, you know, um, flirting and bantering and storytelling and escalating and all that. So I've been, like, very analytical for the past, um, geez, probably the past, like, 
three months, really breaking down like, okay, what do I do? What does Nick do? What is really, like the people who's really, who are really close to me? Let's get this stuff down. And like, I think it's made me weirder <laughs> the last like three months or something. Um, I just feel like I'm a lot more in my head, and that's never a good place to be. So um, I'm looking forward to kind of having that all out there, but. Yeah, it's it's a nonstop process, and I think for a guy listening to this, no, you know, no matter where you are, it's like you just got to recognize that there's points when you're going to be assimilating a lot of information, but there's a lot of times when you have to go out there and stumble and follow your feet and like, you know, get better and and then come back and reassimilate some more, and it's a nonstop process of like action and reflection and action and reflection, and uh, yeah. yeah, so. That's uh, just how this stuff goes, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the one of the things, you know, I I, th- I think you're going with, and um, I believe in too, is like you have to do do this stuff, you know, quite a few times. You have to like not, not like practice, but just go out and experience a lot to, before it becomes natural, so you can start getting out of your head, um, and it and it does become more natural. And so, you know, guys have to kind of push through that. Um, yeah, and you know the the other thing, and I know I've been talking a lot, but uh, the one other thing that I see a lot, and tell me if this augurs with your experience, is like, you know, you get guys, and this was me for a long time, I'll be honest, like, like I was having really good success with girls, and I was dating some like stunningly beautiful girls, and then we'd break up, and I'd go back to being like a shell of a man, <laughs> you know, because I like didn't. I, I came from a place, it's, it's funny, like, I've always, ever since I was 18, I've had, like, really attractive girlfriends, but I, like, didn't have this, like, core of self-belief. Um, and and I've, I've come to learn where, where that, you know, comes from, and it's nothing, like, deep and dark. It's just the way my personality works. I need to feel a certain amount of stability and control over my life before I have, like, confidence. Like, I, I have to, like, understand a situation I can't personally walk into a situation and, like, just be confident. Like, I have to understand it first, and that's just how I'm wired. Um, but uh, it's funny because I'd, like, I'd break up with these girls, and then I'd go back to being this kind of, like, shell of a man. And I, even though I was having success, you might call it, like, the belief that I was an attractive guy was not sticking with me. So it's, it's not, I don't mean to correct you, but it's more of like, a, you know, and I also see, um, you know, guys who, it's like they'll have success, but it'll happen really quickly, and then they've still got this belief about themselves that they're not naturally attractive, and that gets right. in the way of them having good relationships when they actually want those. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's great. So... I mean, like, building your support infrastructure, does, does it help with all of this? Does it help to make it more natural and, you know, to get it more into your head? Oh, geez. Um, well, it just depends on who those people are. Um, okay. You know, I think, again, it like, well, here's one example, right? Is like, when I say support infrastructure, I mean, like, your family, too, even. Like, I, you know, when I, like, you know, I don't talk with my mom about the pickups. Um, but, but like, certainly in terms of your friends, you know, and, and those people, and even girls in your life, um, you know, people like that, if you're able to be very honest with them about, 
hey, you know, I'm having this problem right now, or um, this is something I'm dealing with, and I'm not quite sure what's going on. If you can have honest conversations with those people, and you know that they know you, like, and they fully accept you, not because you've, like, they, you know, they're not, like, transitory friends. They're not, like, bullshit friends. They're not, yeah. like, they're, they're there for you. Um, they'll tell you, you know, and I've had friends tell me, like, hey, this is, you're, you're off the beaten track here. Um, you know, and they're always, it's cool. They're always right about it. So um, I think that, you know, the, the important thing, though, is that you've got to be, you've got to have those authentic relationships. And if, if you don't feel like you can be really honest with your friends and they don't really know you, then when the time comes for you to ask for that help um, or, or ask for that thought, you know, you're not going to get an honest answer. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of, I, you know, look, I'll, I'll say this. Like, it makes me so happy when, like, okay, it'll be a Saturday night and we're taking clients out. We never, like, at this point, we never take out more than like two or three clients um, on a given weekend. We keep the the ratio really, really small. Um, but it makes me so happy when one of my good buddies calls me up and is like, "Hey, do you mind if I join this evening?" Um, you know, my buddies have like been out to our events before. They've, you know, seen the whole thing, um, and they'll even tell me like, "I've got a bunch of friends who work in finance," and they'll be like, "Yo, man, like, what's going on with you tonight? Your body language is way off." Like, so they all know it, and it's funny and. You know, they'll, they'll tell me what's going on. Um, but, but, yeah, it's just, you know, look, I, I think at a broader level, and you, uh, I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on this because you're, like, kind of at the epicenter of seeing all of these dating advice products. Um, my thoughts being on whatever periphery I'm at is, like, this is as much a movement as it is anything else. It's, like, guys finding a way to connect with each other, building a common... Um, building a common uh, dialogue, and um, I mean, I was watching Sleepless in Seattle tonight with my girlfriend, and like, there's a scene where Rob Reiner and Tom Hanks are talking with each other about like, they're talking about dating, and they're they're just talking about like, well, here's what you do, and like, girls are going to ask you for tiramisu, and, uh, and Tom Hanks is like, what's tiramisu? It's something I have to do. So, you know, they're having a dialogue about dating. And what we're all doing is we're having a dialogue about dating, and we're finally getting smart about it, and we're finally, like, you know, saying, like, hey, women don't have, like, women have had Cosmo for years. We're going to give ourselves something. We're going to have a dialogue about it. So, you know, even, the, like, guys who aren't in the community, when you start introducing this stuff to them in a way that's not weird, but, like, you know, just, hey, we're all single guys, and, like, let's figure out how to get hotter girls or be happier with the girls we have, like, they, yeah, they, they want to talk about that. So I think it's really cool and just growing and growing and growing, you know. Yeah, I guess, you know, the whole the whole movement is really getting away from the macho guy image who can't talk about this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, kind of, it's applied self-help to dating and it's, it's got guys out of their shell and they've made, it's made it more socially acceptable for guys to talk about this stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there anything you wanted to add kind of as the last thing? Yeah, there's there's one other technique that I can share that I think is like really cool. Um and yeah. and maybe maybe that'll be a good like send off. Um and this is something that you gotta be careful with, but if you do it right, oh it's so great. Um and the whole notion is this. Um well the theory behind it is this. It's that um if you can get girls to invest in you, uh then you're making headway. 
Um, that's very basic premise. And if you, you know, traditionally the whole notion is if you demonstrate high value, you'll like get investment. So a lot of guys go out there and like they tell these stories to like demonstrate high value, um, and yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it, it doesn't like guarantee that the girl's going to invest. So you have to like ask her. Um, and actually, the the way that I, you know, end my story of what's something spontaneous you've done. I mean, that's I'm trying to get a small investment right there. But you can get like sneakier than that, right? So um, here's an example: is let's say that. Um, what I want to do is I want to ask for something really big, but I don't actually expect it. So this would be getting her to invest in me in like an absurd way. So uh, let's uh, the, the easiest example I can give you. One time I sent a text to this girl. I happened to be in Michigan. It was like cold as hell in the winter, and um, and I sent a text to this girl I knew in California, and I was like, um, hey, it's like hella cold here in Michigan. Can you come drive can you come pick me up after work and drive me to the beach? So another one, uh, I just got off this date with this girl and um, and then I got like sick the next day. And I texted her and um, the next day I was like, oh, I'm really sick right now and she's like, Oh poor baby, so sorry and I was like, Can you please bring over like a big bowl of chicken noodle soup and five movies? me to watch. And like it was a first date, like I didn't expect her to bring over, like we'd only been out once, I didn't expect her to bring over chicken noodle soup and a, and a bunch of movies. So and she was like, like I don't know if you know Manhattan, but like at the time I was in Soho and she was on the Upper West Side and that's a $20 cab ride which is, uh, you know, it's, just, it's a long ways in Manhattan. So I didn't expect her to do it for all those reasons, but it was a big absurd request. And the next time I saw her, she actually like kind of felt bad about not bringing me chicken noodle soup. Um, and the girl in California, she wrote back and she was like, she's like, well, like I can't come pick you up today. It's a little bit busy, but if you if you end up getting out here soon, like there's definitely a spot for you. So it's flirty, right? You're you're being flirty and you're being silly, um, but it's also asking for something that's so big that there's no way they they could fill it. But it's okay to ask because it's, it's like funny in the way that you're asking it. So you're asking for them to do something, but it's such an absurd request. Um, another way that I will do this is I'll answer, I'll use a third party to um, imply that people invest in me. So if somebody said to me, um, like, oh, what's your favorite restaurant in town? I'd be like, well, like, okay, I really. Like I love sushi, so I love Nobu. But if somebody is really going to spoil me, they're going to take me to Megu. So I've just used this third party. This who knows who the third party is, but there's somebody who's really going to spoil me, and this implies that people spoil me. Um, you know, I'll talk to a girl in the conversation. I'll be like, okay, so I got to know, like back scratches or back rubs, and she'll be she'll say whatever she said, and I'll be like, okay, and she'll ask me, like, well, like. I got to tell you, like, whenever somebody really wants to get on my good side, like, uh, it's, it's you know, back scratches all the way. So um, it's very, again, it's very subtle, but it's implying that people want to get on your good side, that people want to spoil you and take you out, um, you know. And, and by using this third party, again, it's just, you're implying that people invest in you. And whenever you say something like that, oh, if somebody really wants to spoil me, it'll take me to make it. Like, nine times out of ten, a girl will respond like, oh, people spoil you. 
and be like, uh, you know, every now and then, like, if I wink at them the right way or give them the right back rub, it, you know, like, then it's flirty, right? Now, now you're back on it. What, people don't spoil you? When's the last time somebody took you out, girl? Um, so, so, yeah, th th this little tiny technique um, has so much in, it does in terms of both creating flirtiness and also setting you up as a um, setting you up as like a guy who people chase. And like I learned this from a girl I did who had some of the best guy game I've ever seen, a girl game or whatever. You, yeah, I think it's called girl game. Um, and she did this nonstop. And I just I saw her doing it to me. I started doing it to other people, and it was like so funny. She was always like propping herself, but it was in, it was not like in a way where you're like you're like offended and, and obnoxious. It, it's just like it's like wow, like do people do that for you? But it was never like yeah, it was just really funny. Like it, so I I learned this all from her and um, started using it myself. I started using it on her actually. And that's what, it just got really interesting. It was like it was like all of a sudden like this thing clicked between us. And like ever since then, I've you know been doing this stuff with other people. It just became part of my personality. And it like whoa, like people respond to this. So um, you know it's helpful if you are a high value person. It's helpful if people do spoil you or if, you know you have that happen to you. But uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's fun stuff to use. So just to recap again on the technique, the either being absurd about it when you ask for something, like you know, asking for them to, I don't know, you're at a bar with them, be like, hey, you know, I'm so hungry right now. Like, I would love it if you went to In-N-Out Burger. They'd be like, but In-N-Out from California. I know, but like, New York is not that far from California. It's cheap. Like, you go to In-N-Out and just like get me In-N-Out Burger, and you know, it's it's like it's it's just fun, right? It creates this notion of like they're they're never going to do that. Be like, okay, well, you can take care of crepes later tonight then, or pizza at the very least. Yeah. Um, using absurdity, or yeah, using that third party, the person who spoils me, the person who wants to get on my good side. Whenever, you know, whenever you're asking an opinion or, or on something, just throw that out there. People will love it. They'll have fun with it. They'll think you're an awesome guy, and that's what. Hey. Like the more you do that stuff, the more people treat you are like you are, and uh, more often you become. Great, thanks for that, Christian. Um, yeah. that's, that's, that's my thing to round off um, this interview, and we, we had some great stuff in this interview. So, um, you know, guys, like you know, whatever questions you have about it, post them on the forum, and uh, you know, um, we can talk more about it. And if there's anything you don't get. Uh, any terminology or anything like that, you can do the same. So, Christian, great having you here today. Yeah, thank um, you so much. And, uh, it's been my pleasure. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully you get to speak some other time soon. Uh, I would love that. I would love that, Angel. All right, well, thank you. And for everybody who's stuck around and still listening, thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll all, some, I'll have a chance to connect with some of you all. This interview was brought to you by Dating Skills Review. Dating Skills Review is the Amazon.com of dating advice for men. If it exists, we have it. We help you find the best advice fast, so you can get good with women in months, not years. Find us at 
www.datingskillsreview.com.